Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the OCSHP podcast. My name is Herman Johannesmeyer, and I'm currently on the board of directors for the Orange County Society of Health Systems Pharmacists, and I'm one of the producers for this podcast. Before we get into this episode, though, I'd like to ask you, the listener, to let us know how we're doing. We at the OCSHP podcast have noticed that most of the medical education literature about the effects of med-ed type podcasts has either been done in physician populations or have assessed non-clinical outcomes. What we'd like to ask of you is to tell us how we're doing and how the podcast has affected your career and your patients. So if you have five minutes, please take a look at the link in the show description or on the OCSHP website to the study survey. And if you submit a response, you'll have the option to enter your name into a drawing to win a $25 Amazon gift card. It's a win-win. So again, if you can please let us know how we're doing, we'd really greatly appreciate it. Now, without further ado, let's hear about a career in pharmacy informatics. Welcome to another episode of the OCSHP podcast, Adventure of the Orange County Society of Health Systems Pharmacists. I am one of your co-hosts, Herman Johannesmeyer. I'm currently on the board of directors for the Orange County Society of Health Systems Pharmacists. Uh, but today I am joined, uh, as always, by my co-host, Kayvon. Hey, Herman. Uh, how to be back. It's actually been a while since we recorded one of these, so it uh, feels good to like shake the dust off and get another episode uh, under our belt. So yeah, happy to be here and happy to be joined by our guests. Great. And the purpose of the OCSHP podcast is, as always, to provide useful, relevant content to practicing pharmacists, pharmacy interns, pharmacy technicians, and to other non-pharmacist healthcare providers to allow listeners to gain insight on important topics related to pharmacy practice. And this episode in particular is going to be a continuation of our pharmacist career path series. So pharmacy is right for me, but now what? For those that don't know, the Doctor of Pharmacy degree is one of the most useful and versatile degrees in the healthcare landscape. Most people know that pharmacists can practice in settings like a retail pharmacy, like at Walgreens or CVS or Rite Aid. Some other folks that are more in the profession of pharmacy are more aware of some other career paths within pharmacy, things like clinical work, either in an inpatient or ambulatory care setting. But even some people within the profession of pharmacy aren't always aware of other more diverse career paths within the profession of pharmacy. Things like academia, public health, managed care, poison control. And the purpose of this series is to illustrate the variety of opportunities that are available to people after obtaining a PharmD degree by interviewing pharmacists from a variety of settings and allowing them to describe their current job and path that allowed them to get there. And to help us in today's episode, we will be talking to Dr. Chafin Sharma. Hey guys, um, happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, my name is Chetan Sharma. I'm a pharmacist and director of uh, National Outpatient Pharmacy Informatics at Kaiser Permanente. My team oversees uh, strategic projects, product management for the outpatient pharmacy and mail order systems and interfaces, um, as well as other things such as prescriber data, PBM data exchange, automation systems, uh, user acceptance testing, PDMP, among other things. Uh, basically the things that happen behind the scenes that lets the outpatient pharmacy system function and communicate with other systems like the EHR in our integrated healthcare environment. And you 
probably most of you know that Kaiser Permanente is, you know, one of the nation's largest non-for-profit health plans. We have 12 million members located across California, Hawaii, Colorado, Georgia, Washington, Oregon, mid-Atlantic states. Total, we have about 400 pharmacies, including outpatient and mail order, and our systems working together all serve uh, about 95 million plus prescriptions a year. Holy smokes, it sounds like you you do a, a lot of different things within your job, and, and you threw out a few acronyms there that I'm not fully aware of right now, but w- would you be able to just define like a, a couple of salient tasks that you perform on a regular basis within your job? Like m- maybe just what are your main job duties with within your role as an informatics pharmacist? Sure. So in my position currently um, as the leader of my team, my team kind of branches off into a lot of different areas that support the pharmacy system at KP. So like I mentioned, uh, mail order systems and interfaces. So any of the communication that our pharmacies have between one another to get prescriptions back and forth from local pharmacies to mail order pharmacies, from the EHR to both the local and mail order pharmacies, also dispensing those prescriptions, getting them out to our, our patients in the right way, making sure that all of our systems um, are basically operating the way they should so that our users can use the systems to provide patient care. So if you want to talk about like my day-to-day, a lot of work that we do is around discussing what the changes are, either that could be enhancements, it could be improvements, it could be fixes that we need to do to our systems, um, help working with our IT or vendor partners to design those fixes, developing those fixes, and then ultimately putting them into production so the end users can use those. So it almost sounds as if your job is to ensure that the end user, the Kaiser Permanente member, is able to use both the in-person pharmacies and the mail order pharmacies in a way that is seamless for them. And you kind of ensure that the patient-facing part or the patient-facing system works well, like in the background. Is is that kind of like an appropriate assessment? Um, That's a fair assessment, except I would say rather than the patient facing, it's the user facing. So making sure that the pharmacists can use the pharmacy dispensing system in an appropriate manner and all the supporting systems really that go into allowing them to dispense the prescription. So, you know, robots, the mail order system has tons of robots that falls into our area as well. Um, And really anything that's operating within the pharmacy system to make sure that they can get their prescriptions and out to out to the patients. Got it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, so Chaitlin, so are your are your job duties consistent from day to day, or do they do they vary? Um, they they vary from day to day, so it's pretty dynamic, and I think that's what keeps things exciting for us. Um, so in the diverse area that I work in, um, there's different types of things that come up at different times and different projects that could be at different stages, you know, either in design, development, or deploy. Um, at any given time of the year. So depending on if we're in a planning stage or if we're in a a development stage or a deployment stage, we're doing different things uh, for different focus areas and for different projects. Um, So I would say overall, over the course of like maybe a year or a quarter, um, things are cyclical, but on a day-to-day basis, depending on what the business priority is, our day-to-day will vary. So kind of getting at how you initially got your position, would you say that your job as an informatics pharmacist requires any specialized knowledge? Because students that might be listening to this podcast have a pretty good idea that to get a job, I need to know about you know, optimal use of pharmacotherapeutic agents and how to educate patients on that. Is there anything in addition to that that has been helpful for you in your position? Sure. So I can speak to my experience coming into this role. Um, again, I started here you know, over 10 years ago. 
So things were a little bit different on how they work. So for me, I did not go through a formal residency program in order to get into my role. I started out as an outpatient pharmacist at Kaiser Permanente, and there was a big initiative happening that was upgrading the pharmacy system. And there was an opportunity that opened up as part of that initiative that kind of let me get my foot in the door. Um, During my time uh, at school, I did have a a rotation that was part of uh, an informatics group, which I think helped me um, kind of learn the lingo a little bit and get a basic understanding of what informatics is, what the difference is between like an EHR and a pharmacy system, what a PBM is, things like that. Um, and I think that probably helped me get through the interview process for the for the initial role. Um, and then from there, really, I've grown within the organization and had you know a great support group and a lot of mentors along the way who helped me kind of progress in this in this space. What's different in today's world, I think, is there's a lot of formal residency programs available now. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are some residency programs available now for pharmacy informatics. Um, They're typically PGY2. I'll plug that KP also has a PGY2 pharmacy informatics residency, um, if anybody's interested in that. Um, But this, so there are more formal career paths now available to get into this um, area of practice. Yeah, so it sounds like you're school kind of prepared you for, I guess, like this, this career path. But yeah, like you said, like things have changed over the past like 10 years. So like, how do you stay current with, with what you need to know for, for your current position? Uh, sure. So I, I think a lot of what we do these days has to do with what's happening kind of upstream from us in the regulatory space or the government space. So there's a lot of industry-wide um, standards and you know regulations that come down, and those standards are set by various organizations like NCPDP, for example. Um, so being familiar with those standards and then, of course, working with with those organizations or with our internal groups at, at KP and really understanding what it is that is expected to change as part of these mandates. And then, of course, eventually delivering those mandates into the systems to keep us in compliance with whatever the regulations are. So I think, again, learning those things happens both on the job or through formal training or seminars and webinars that these organizations provide. From a day-to-day perspective, a lot of what I do is internal to KP. So it's has been, I, I learned it really just on the job through the experience and through the processes and, and um, you know, the, the processes that are internal to our organization that, that uh, we have to follow. So you mentioned that some of your job is ensuring that the pharmacy system works in a way that is seamless and functional for kind of the pharmacist and user. But you also mentioned that you have a team that you work with to help ensure that these modifications to the system are are optimal and functional. So with that said, who do you interact with on a regular basis in your job? Is it those end user pharmacists or the members of your team or or some some other folks to ensure that that your your system works well? Yeah, I would say it's both. So in different organizations, the uh, pharmacy system or the pharmacy informatics team will be in a different place. It could be on the IT side of an organization. It could be on the business side of an organization. Uh, in my organization today, it's on the business side. So we interact with our IT team, um, which is going to be the folks that are really doing the, the development and the fixes for us, as well as the end user operators to understand you know, what are the issues that they're encountering in the field. And then we'll help translate those into requirements for the technical folks to develop and write code that will improve our system to address the feature, the issues that they're encountering in the field. Now, when it comes to, you know, enhancements that need to happen because of regulatory reasons, then we will also interact with folks from the regulatory department, compliance department. Um, it could be a third party vendor that comes in to help us with some of these things, uh, but really translating the technical requirements to business requirements and business requirements to technical requirements is really the probably where the pharmacists 
informatics team is playing a major role for us. Yeah, so going along with that, so what are the interactions like? Are you meeting um, in person, remotely? Is it a hybrid? Are you just like sending electronic messages? Like, how do you how do you communicate with people you need to communicate with? Uh, in today's world, of course, most of our interactions are happening remotely. We, of course, use all all different kinds of channels. So we have certain systems that we use where we document the requirements and where we document the changes that we're going to be looking for. We have meetings both in person and in, and virtual, of course, not in person anymore, but um, in the future, I hope that we can go back to that, uh, where we discuss these requirements with one another. We do de demos for development that's completed. Um, so certain folks who are providing the requirements and they say, we need the system to behave in this way. Once it's developed, then those same folks get to have a demonstration of what the changes were that were made to make sure that the changes are done to spec. So those happen usually via like a, a Zoom call with a, a screen share to make sure things are working properly. Yeah, I think that, and of course, phone calls and things like that, and emails are are part of our day to day life for I think every every industry these days. So you mentioned in that getting to the role that you're in now, you start off as kind of like a regular staff pharmacist at Kaiser Permanente, and then this opportunity to get into informatics opened up. So are there opportunities for promotion beyond where you're at now? So for me at this point, I'm relatively new into my my position today. Um, so I think once I have enough experience and once there's an opportunity that opens up, there potentially could be a, an avenue for promotion in the future. Um, I've grown kind of with this this organization. I started out as an analyst and then I became a project manager and then I became a director in my current position. So within this, I've had a lot of growth that's happened over the past few years. I think for the future, it remains to be seen kind of where, where I go from here. But, you know, it, it just depends on the types of projects and the type of initiatives that come out in the future and really where the the next step for the organization goes to see where it goes. I think there there are you know positions out there for for growth in this space. So there is it, it gets more into the I would say pharmacy leadership or pharmacy administration pathway from here. Um, so there's a lot of like my my boss for example is his area is even more broad than than mine. Of course he's covering operations as well as informatics. Um, so the specificity of the role becomes more broad. I think from here. So switching gears a little bit, uh, but what's your favorite part of the job? Um, I think for me, it's just learning every day. I have the, I guess, good fortune and pleasure of working with folks that are um, subject matter experts with tons and tons of experience in their specific area. So, and they're kind enough to really like share that knowledge with me and um, help teach and help bring uh, myself and others up to speed on all the different changes that are happening in their specific areas. And being able to be a part of that and learn something new every day is, is super refreshing and it's very, um, you know, it, it prevents uh, me from getting stale and my, it keeps the cogs turning in my head. In addition to that, just problem solving. So working with with our, our teams to um, identify what a problem is, figure out what the root cause is, and really try to figure out a solution for the end user. Um, is, is just a lot of fun. You get to see um, the results of your, of your work uh, in a tangible fashion. I think that's really rewarding at the end of the day. Are you able to tell us about some things about your job that you like maybe a little bit less or things that you would like to change about your job? The most challenging part for me about my job is that, that it does take a lot of time to realize some of the results that we're tasked with, with achieving. So for example, it's, you know, having been in the, in the pharmacy myself in the past, when I see a problem or I see an issue with the system, my expectation as a user is I want to fix right away, right? But how things usually play out is there's a lot of other factors that play into how things are prioritized and how things can get addressed. So the lag that sometimes we have to deal with, with, you know, achieving that end result that we all want, you know, we want things to get fixed, 
but they do take longer than others. And I think that's probably the most uh, frustrating or most difficult part for me is just, you know, having to go through the, the long and arduous process sometimes to get uh, fixes done and really do our due diligence to make sure that whatever things we're changing with the system are being done in a fashion that's not going to impact any other upstream or downstream system and is not going to do any anything that's going to cause an unexpected result at the end. Yeah, so. I totally, I totally feel you on, on that one, Chay. Then, yeah, just because I, I know we're, we're working like fairly different fields, but yeah, I'm also like working on some stuff where it's like, why have we been working on this for like a year plus? Like, uh, why can't we just like resolve this now? So yeah, I kind of, I kind of get the frustration of not being able to quickly fix something that needs fixing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Chayton, how do you avoid a job or career burnout or have you avoided it so far if you've avoided it? Uh, that's a really good question. And I, I, I think about this on a semi-regular basis, um, especially coming out of the pandemic and some of the stuff that's gone on. Um, I think it's very important to uh, be frank with yourself about the mental and physical situation that you're in, um, take things as they come to you and um, really focus on stress management. With my team, we have, I think, a really good relationship where people are always willing to cover for one another when it's needed, lend a hand when it's required. So being as open and honest with your peers as possible and the people who you work with and who support you as possible is important so that you can really help cover each other and make sure that, you know, when you see that yourself, you're having having an issue or you're, somebody else is having an issue, that they have the support that they need to be able to get through it. That's kind of conceptual. And then for me personally, like, of course, um, taking time off when, uh, when appropriate, uh, of course, is helpful for burnout and detaching yourself for, from some of the issues that you have to deal with on a regular basis and being able to um, have a hard stop at the end of the day to separate your work and work and personal life is very important. Um, luckily, I, I, I work in, this, in an organization that's very supportive of that. My boss is very supportive of that. So I'm fortunate in, in that that aspect. And then I think just generally speaking, like physical and mental well-being, so getting some exercise, standing desks, as we were talking about earlier, um, walking around when you can. And really, I think lately with with working remotely and things like that, one thing that I've, I've noticed has helped me a lot is having a periodic uh, interaction with my coworkers as well, uh, even if it's you know just after work meeting with people or um, trying to have a, a little bit of personal communication, um, just so that you can remember that, you know, there's a person on the other side and you can have that, that relationship can continue to be maintained um, even though we're not seeing each other every day anymore. So Chathan, if you could go back in time to, you know, that younger Chathan that had that informatics rotation and then started working at Kaiser and and got into the role that you're in now, if you could talk to that, that younger version of you and say, you know, I would do X, Y, and Z things differently, you know, to prepare yourself for the position that you're in now, would you do anything differently? Um, I I don't think I would advise myself to do anything differently that's very drastic. I think there's a lot of smaller changes that I could have made along the way or things that really would have just prepared me better for kind of what is to come. Um, And I tried, I think I learned this way like 10 years too late, Um, but really kind of what I alluded to earlier is focusing on your your personal stress management, physical and mental health. Um, There's a lot of stressors that you don't anticipate as a student that you do get, you know, later in life, whether it be um, you know, of course, work stress, personal stress, family stress, kids. There's a lot of things that, that play into kind of things that uh, weigh, you know, weigh you down uh, in life as you go and that can impact your work and it can impact your, your um, health. So really taking time to focus on, on it, whatever it may be, you know, everybody has a different way of um, dealing with stress, whether it's 
um, exercise or food or cooking or uh, playing video games or movies, whatever it may be, but really taking that time and having that um, focus on me time and remembering that the investment that you'll make in yourself, not just your education and uh, you know financial investments and things like that, but there's a level of personal investment you have to make to keep yourself healthy and going. Um, and I think for a lot of us, we don't we don't do that or have that awakening until we're we're well into our 30s and 40s and and something happens and you're like oh no I got to start paying a little bit more attention so I think that that's probably the area that I would tell myself to focus on a little bit more and build good habits uh, for these things um, like while I'm in school now as career-wise just kind of the progression that I had was um, I think the, the most important thing that I could tell anyone is don't burn bridges and build good relationships with people because even if you have a you know, no, no matter who it is, you're going to learn something from them. You, you can have a good boss or a bad boss, and there's something that you're going to get out of that um, that's going to help you in your next step. And it's very valuable to uh, keep that in your mind and, um, you know, really take take in the good and understand and, you know, understand and learn from any of the bad experiences that you have. So I'll, I'll leave that at that. And then, of course, also having kind of just an open mind about your career path. So it's not always a straight line. It's almost never a straight line. And being able to flex when needed, being able to be being able to be uh, dynamic when needed. Um, if you have the flexibility to kind of you know travel to a different place or relocate, um, get a license in a different state, whatever it is for the job opportunity that you're looking for, um, it may be a step back now, but a leap forward in the future that you're setting yourself up for. So just keeping keeping really an open mind for those types of things, especially in this environment where you're you know of course now now ten years later we have a very good understanding of kind of what the pharmacist. Um, career outlook looks like, you know, in the next, let's say, 10 years or what BLS publishes for what, what the growth is going to look like in the pharmacy field. And being cognizant of that, it's not as, as straight of a shot, I think, as it was for maybe the generation that came before us even or like 10 years before us. It was a lot more jobs relatively easily available or um, it was easy to go to the place where you want to live and find a job there. And now it may be the other way around where you may have to relocate to find the ideal job um, and or make some, you know, compromises as far as like maybe this isn't the perfect job for me but it's in the right location for me or maybe this is the perfect job but I don't really like the location but I'm going to do it anyway to gain the experience that I need uh, to be able to advance one day in the future so I think just having a little bit more of an open mind um, along the pathway because there are opportunities that I think may have changed my career path but it would have been a, a really um, worthwhile experience to go through that I think I passed up on because uh, I had like this vision in mind that I want to really do this and I went for it. And luckily for me that it, it did end up putting me where I, where I am today and I'm happy with where I am today. But sometimes that experience that you go through has a value of its own. And I think that's uh, it's a good it's a good thing to seize if you have the chance to do so. Yeah, Jay, that's a great advice and answers like a few of the questions we were, we were going to ask you all already. Um, but do you have any um, any like, I don't know, maybe recommendations of groups, organizations that uh, students or other pharmacists could potentially look into to see if they want to get into like the informatics path or like kind of like an adjacent path to what you have. Um, do you have any of those, um, any recommendations for like those organizations or groups people should get involved with or at least look into? Yeah, there's actually a few things that are out there. Um, there's some things that are free and some things that are not. I think a really good resource to kind of get a crash course on what this space is kind of about is like, I think, uh, healthit.gov um, or some some website that's similar to that, which is basically the government's website that governs a lot of like electronic communication for healthcare um, that they have a lot of powerpoints and things like that that you can look at just to get a very high level overview of what some of this stuff is um, and then from there there's organizations like hymns that provide a lot of this information and you can uh, look to as a resource 
Um, and then ASHP also has a pharmacy informatics certificate um, that you can uh, look at. They, I think it does have some CE credits that are associated with it too. So I actually did that a couple of years ago and it was, it was cool. I wish I had done it earlier. Um, it's uh, I think six or seven modules and it gives you a lot of different parts of what uh, pharmacy informatics is all about. Some of the things they cover are like, what are the skills that are useful um, as a pharmacy informatics pharmacist? Yeah, so I think those are probably some good resources to look into. And then, of course, like I mentioned, if your school offers a pharmacy informatics course, you know, I would encourage you to take that on. I think one thing to keep in mind is that pharmacy informatics or IT pharmacy or whatever you want to, whatever it may be called at the organization you're you're working at, is very different in different places because a lot of what we do is based on the systems that your organization uses. So if the organization is using a system that's provided by a vendor, the, their day-to-day and the way that they work with that vendor may be completely different from an organization that built their own solution. So keep that in mind that it is, it's variable depending on which company you work for and, and where you go. But yeah, I think that, that, that those are probably some of the things that I would think about. Yeah, so just adding on to that a little bit. I know like you mentioned, you know, residency and the ASHP certificates um, and also courses you can take at your your school or college of pharmacy. Um, but like, does your job like specifically require any of that? Like, do you have to have a certain certification or license or extra degree on top of the PharmD in order to do what you do? Uh, in my specific job description, besides the PharmD, there isn't any specific certification that's required as a as a quote unquote requirement. Things that are recommended and things that I feel help me along the way include like the informatics certification and some familiarity with informatics getting into this role. Um, I also went back and got an MBA a couple of years uh, ago prior to getting my current position. And I think that really helps my MBAs in, in IT management. And that for me, from a practical perspective, um, helps just from a kind of the, the, the skills that you need to be successful in this are, are laid out in a, like a logical fashion um, as part of that program. And it doesn't give me like here, this is the skill you need. This is the skill you need to be successful. But it at least provides a framework that I think if you don't formally get some training on it, you'll learn over the course of a longer period of time. So it just gives you kind of a crash course up front um, so you can get a good feel of things and you kind of understand some of the fundamentals of the things that will make you successful. So similar to the way pharmacy school sets you up to begin your career as a pharmacist, I think the MBA sets you set me up or help to set me up to begin my career as a manager or a leader in the in the team. And it's really things like, you know, analytical skills, project management skills, communication skills, things that you already have kind of in your head, but you want to put them in a way that's laid out in a little bit more logical fashion. I think that it's, it's a good experience to go through. And then, of course, it, it helps as a, as, a, as a resume builder and uh, something that kind of shows some initiative that you've continued to um, grow and you're not gonna you know get stale after after ten years of of uh, of working. So so with that said, you know kind of some of the skills and resources that can be useful for a future IT pharmacist to have. Um, were were there any specific challenges that you faced when you were transitioning from your role as you know initially a staff pharmacist into getting into your role as an informatics pharmacist? Were there any specific challenges that you faced making that transition? Yeah, I think the, the first eye-opener is that it's a huge learning curve. So what you see in the pharmacy and what you use as the pharmacy system is, you know, very user-friendly and it's it built in a fashion that you can, you know, walk up to it and with relatively 
you know, some, some degree of training, you can use that system and go forward. But what makes the system tick behind the scenes is like a whole other world. So I remember like my first day or first week walking into the informatics role and seeing all these people and all these dynamic things that they're doing. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what it takes to, to get the system to run. And I think that like, it's, it's very eye-opening and I see it in others, others who, who've joined the team or who I've seen join the team since. And I think it's it's really cool and it's very uh, exciting to to kind of watch that happen and see people come in and say, oh, my God, like every, every day we're learning something new about what makes the allows the system to operate and all the intricacies that go into having this this tool that the end, end user is using to to serve the members. So I think just that learning curve and getting a good grasp and good understanding of all the things that it takes to to get things moving. And then, of course, internally with my organization, learning the processes that go into planning and execution of new initiatives and how do we get funding for projects? How do we uh, make sure that we are communicating things related to the project execution in an effective way? All of those things are skills that like, you don't really have visibility to when you're working in the pharmacy, but it's all happening somewhere behind the scenes. And um, I think that that was probably the most exciting and also most challenging thing when the door opened uh, to get into the space for me. Great. Well, I think that answers all the questions that I had from my end. Kevon, anything else from your end? Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, Chetan, thanks so much for that information. That's, uh, I think it'll be very useful for uh, for somebody out there. Great. Thanks, you guys. It's been a great uh, time talking to you, and uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing some of uh, the students in our informatics field or in our informatics residency one day in the future. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thank you.